Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, g'day and welcome to the Cult Popshire podcast. My name is Rowan and uh, today I'm here with Cult Popshire regulars Richard and AJ. Hey man. And that would be Richard. That would be where you come in. But AJ will edit that silence down so that I don't know if he will because I said hello. Oh, I didn't hear that at all. We turn up our preview volume. When you go, when you're editing this, you're gonna feel so stupid. Nah, we're not editing. This is it. We've already started. There's no edits. Okay, cool. So what are we talking about? Right. So I'm hosting this whole shebang. If you like, yeah. Why not? We just decided that literally 30 seconds ago. So sweet. Um. Okay, so yeah, it's been a lot of talk this week about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, the news, when is there ever not? The news came question. out, and then the news was somewhat retracted. Yeah. But the original report by uh, Collider, although it was floating around the internet for about 48 hours before that, getting everyone very excited, mm-hmm. was that Lucasfilm had put a halt to all unannounced material. Yeah. Uh, so the Ryan Johnson trilogy and the Benioff and Weiss trilogy were still full steam ahead, mm-hmm. but the hotly anticipated obi-wan kenobi movie mm-hmm. and the very recently and or broken yeah. boba fett movie where those were both apparently no longer happening and people were surmising that that was a response to the solo movie doing poorly and then another news cycle later and lucasfilm said no we've still got lots of movies in production <laughs> but it got everyone talking about star wars in a way that is sort of where has lucasfilm gone wrong yeah or, you know why is solo tanking and x y and z so we thought we'd have a sit down yeah. and, you know, talk about, you know, how do we fix Star Wars? Star oh, Wars is because broken. we're the experts, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fanboys, we know how to do it. Mm. Very quickly, let's just go over how things have gone for Disney and Lucasfilm since, you know, <laughs> since there was a period in time where we thought we were never going to see another live action Star Wars movie ever again. Yes. And then almost overnight, we were told that in a few years, there will be one Star Wars movie every year until you die. So that was quite a major turnaround and a bit of a culture shock to Star Wars fans and average Star Wars fans. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have had, we've had, we're we're most of the way through a sequel trilogy and we've had two spin-offs that are under the Star Wars story name. Mm -hmm. How does everyone feel that those four films have gone? Richard, do you want to kick us off? Yes, just to confirm that my microphone is working. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, (laughs) All right, well... um, so we're talking about how I think the four films have done, yeah? Yeah, very quickly, very briefly. Force Awakens, I loved, thought it was like a a good ushering into a new era. Uh, Rogue One is cool. It was kind of like a um, not completely realized version of what it should have been, I think. And then, personally, I wasn't a fan of Last Jedi. Um, I don't think we're necessarily here to debate that today. But for my own personal reasons, I just I didn't like it, and it's 
like I feel bad that I didn't like it, so you don't need to point that out. And if, at one point in time, <laughs> I was literally the only person in the world who didn't like the Last Jedi because I went, I saw it, and I was like, "Wow, I feel so empty inside." And then I went to the computer and couldn't find a single other person that didn't say it was the best Star Wars movie made. So that was a pretty horrible experience. But then uh solo i think got a lot of bad press and is fine <laughs> yeah that's the that seems to be the resounding kind of general opinion it's it's fine like with that kind of dejected sort of sigh yeah it's fine yeah so okay. all right my my opinions um the force awakens was a little needlessly safe for my taste but it was cool it was fun and, and the characters are fun so i'm not i'm not too bugged out about it um the rogue one i really liked when i first saw it but upon repeat viewings i find it quite boring and as richard said i don't think it reached its full potential um the last jedi i absolutely loved <laughs> and um and we've sort of talked about this on the podcast before very briefly i don't know if we've ever devoted a full episode to it but no i i i perfectly i understand i understand like its flaws and i see what's wrong with it and there's certain things in the last jedi that i think are really stupid and i hate them but what it did right is astounding to me that that the it's astounding to me, I guess, that the that the episodic films are being more risky and the films that have an unimportant legacy that don't need to be all the same are the ones that are being called safe and samey. Uh, and then I thought Solo was a lot better than I thought it was going to be, but ultimately it doesn't it doesn't it's there's no excuse for it existing. It didn't it didn't make me go, Oh, that's why they wanted to make it. I think I think probably even more of a loss of potential than hmm. Rogue One. Cool. Uh, so my yeah, uh, Force Awakens I think has is so much better than it had any business being. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of an opening move from New Era Lucasfilm, I think they just knocked it completely out of the park because uh, the odds against that movie being good were so high. Yeah. Um, and I think we all forget that that film just had to be competent and had to remind us that Star Wars was actually good in a mainstream kind of film, and yeah, I think yeah. it did that. Um, and then Rogue One. I had kind of problems with when I first saw it. I've actually, I appreciate it a lot more now, although I think the parts of me that appreciate it, it's just like a fan service kind of reaction. Yeah. It's just, you know, that film is so in awe with like the original Star Wars. Like when turns up. Yeah, I, like, I hate yeah. I hate the bits that are on the nose fan service, <laughs> and I think the Darth Vader bit at the end is stupid and irrelevant and has no business oh, really? even being in the film. Um, although I can totally get that people, I understand why people say it's the best part of the movie, but if you say that, I think that's a very sad reflection on that movie. Mm. Um Last Jedi, I absolutely adore. Mm-hmm. I think um, we're still living in a, a sort of immediate reaction to The Last Jedi, but I reckon it's my favourite Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like The Force Awakens, it's uh, it had the odds the odds stacked against that movie were so so high because J.J. Abrams had set up so much stuff that had no obvious payoff and was just mm-hmm. basically... Yeah, I think Ryan Johnson pulled something amazing out of that film. Um, and then Solo... I'm just so bored with it at this point. I just yeah. don't even care for it. Um, I saw it. I've seen it three times now, and that third time was a really hard slog. Although I actually, I walked into it deliberately 20 minutes late, and it did make the, the whole front half of the movie. That's my sing. theory. Is my, um, my first note on how to fix Star Wars would be cut out the first half an hour to Solo yeah. because it's like start it when he's a soldier, like mm. and just start it from there. But I think my key reaction to Solo now is 
I'm totally fine with those kinds of Star Wars movies existing. They're not for me, mm-hmm. but there's apparently there's a segment of the fan base that wants that kind of movie that's loaded with references and that just feels like a filmed ad- adaptation of a Wikipedia article. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get more into this later. I, like, I'm, the prequels, prequels generally are just not for me. I've got no time. Don't really care for them. So. Well, that's fine. We Can I just comment quickly movies? on a couple of things you guys said? Yeah. Um, so AJ, you mentioned that the Force Awakens uh, was needlessly safe. Uh, I disagree. I think that if there was ever a film that needed to be safe, <laughs> it's Star Wars Seven. After so long, after Disney spends billions of dollars buying a franchise, they don't want to, like, you know, come out, come straight out of the gate with something that's going to divide audiences. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd say, um, in a way, I kind of, in retrospect, I like how safe The Force Awakens was because it made The Last Jedi that much more explosive. Well, and so the other thing as well, a lot of people say, oh, it's just a rehash of A New Hope. But, like, if your job is to get people into Star Wars again, like, because it's not only supposed to pay off, you know, decades of, of waiting, but also you know introduce a new generation to star wars so you think okay what what else has gotten people into star wars oh a new hope so like that worked and i don't really have a problem with it being like a it's it's kind of like um something like creed the the rocky like Mm -hmm. reboot sequel that it's basically the same blueprint but it does still pass the torch Mm. Yeah, no, you're right. I don't. I don't have too many problems with. I think people are uncomfortable recognizing that this sequel trilogy is way more of a reboot and a remake than they are letting on, or that people are kind of comfortable with accepting. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone wanted Episode Seven to be a sequel to Return of the Jedi, and it wasn't. It was a sequel to all of Star Wars, yeah. but it was it was a reboot. Yeah, <laughs> and it cool. just happened to use the legacy characters kind of creatively. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one thing can't be debated is three of those four films have at least been financially successful. Yeah. Um, and one of them has divided the fan base, but you've got to remember in that division that, you know, one if it's not half, yeah. but a big chunk of those people really liked it. Yeah. So the vocal people didn't like it, but let's put them aside for now. And Force Awakens and oh, Rogue yeah, One made great bank and had seemed to have um, seemed to have satisfied different sections of the audience in a nice way. Yeah. Um, so Star Wars isn't isn't broken, but obviously, I think obviously I think, there's a there's we're we're discovering how Lucasfilm is going to do business over the next thirty years. I think models the work. the summary of why people are worried and why people are talking about and, and using words like broken is because Solo was announced. Everyone in the world was like, that doesn't sound like a very good movie, hmm. and then it was an okay movie. You know what I mean? Like, so it's it's more like. It's 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 hot and cold. It's such a bipolar series because The Last mm. Jedi was the opposite direction to the point where a huge chunk of people hated it. And the like it's it's just so weird. So with with all the, the talk of um are they cancelling films? Are they doing things differently? What are they doing? Like, you know, this is our our time to come in as three dudes who like Star Wars yep. and, and say what maybe we think should happen. Right? Mm. So yeah. at the moment, the only film we know we're getting next is Episode Nine. Yeah, we know that there are two trilogies or sort of series 
in development, mm-hmm. but there's a big question mark over will Lucasfilm release a film in 2020? Yeah. Uh, and there's I there's a bit of been we know we're getting a, a live action TV show at some point from so John Favreau. You've got to figure that that is going to factor into that's going to affect when they choose to release films because yeah. that's going to be a big moment in the sort of you know in the canon of Star Wars that yeah. is going to take up a lot of attention. Um, and if it's going to be one of the launch titles for Disney's streaming service, I think it's going to get a lot of you know promo and push yeah. in a way that movies traditionally do. Because mm-hmm. um, Disney's going to want everyone to sign up to that streaming service, and the big live-action Star Wars series is going to be a big part of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But what movie? What movie is coming next? If Star Wars is movies first and foremost, yeah. What's the future of Star Wars movies look like? Do you reckon? Or what, AJ, if you were running Lucasfilm, yeah. What do you think they should do for the future of their movies? Well, let me let me say first of all, at this current point in time in 2018, I think that we've got a there's a there's a broken bulb in one of the christmas lights and so we need to take the whole thing down and think about it however (laughs) that being said i don't think it was always this way and there's been a lot of talk about this obi-wan film that a lot of people want because a lot of people like ewan mcgregor um and including myself i loved i think ewan mcgregor's obi-wan is the only part of the prequels really worth talking about yeah and Um, there's some people that have like real dumb um you know objections to it (laughs) yeah those people are just dumb um and i think to me solo the 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 blank slate on on the schedule of films that ended up being solo should have been obi-wan because we didn't want a solo film we wanted it we wanted an obi-wan film and there is no other like character centric spin-offs that anyone's really clamoring for there's none that have, that I've seen that have had the same People vocal straight up aren't really clamoring for character centered spin-offs yeah, other exactly. than this Obi-Wan thing exactly so that's what i'm saying is mm. that if your second spin-off was if okay so if your first spin-off Rogue One was this is the space to um explore a story previously untold in the Skywalker saga aspect of Star Wars mm. then the second one was all right this is a place where we can take one character and adapt on them further i think they picked the wrong character there because the the fatigue now is from seeing the same people or the same families interact with each other and what a big a big kind of um criticism of the star wars spin-offs that i've seen probably the biggest criticism is like show us something we haven't seen before show us something that's basically only star wars because you tell us it is you know what i mean like mm. it's basically only star wars because it's got the same it's set in the same universe, but none of the same characters, none of the same time period necessarily. Because if you're going to have a streaming TV show and you're going to have like, you know, potentially more than one movie a year, then you want them to all be as, you know, flavorful and different as possible. Otherwise it's going to just feel like we're getting the same thing every few months. Mm. And like, that's why the Marvel cinematic universe works for what it is, right? Is because that every movie is an individual main character. Every movie is following a different person. And as similar as they can be, it's still, you can't deny that. Yeah. This is the Ant-Man movie. This is the Spider-Man movie. This is the Iron Man movie. Yeah. Like the, the Marvel comparison, it's like, you might say, oh, Marvel films are all the same kind of thing, but there are people that, like, they're, they're only interested in watching the Thor films mm. and the Avengers ones, you know, whereas, like, mm. Star Wars hasn't, until Solo, that was the first one where Star Wars fans were like, oh, I don't need to see that one. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we can come back to this part in a little bit, but um, I think it's, yeah, we'll get back to this, but I, I mean, I think comparing it so directly to Marvel is just a, 
is a bad call. But I was just going to say, to back to your point, AJ, uh, you said the Obi-Wan film seems like the, the better idea, or should have taken that spot of the Han Solo movie. Mm-hmm. But cast your mind back sort of three or four years, on paper, who is the bigger fan favourite with, with more unexplored story around them? Obi-Wan or Han Solo? You're right, Han Solo. Yeah. On paper, that movie should have worked, right? But I'll, I'll feel this one, AJ. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Han Solo, uh, I would say, is a character that's more like the appeal of him is in the unknown. So people like Han Solo because he's a lovable rogue who just shows up and we don't know too much about him. Whereas Obi-Wan is the character that people want to explore his backstory. And also you say, oh, which character is better and like why sh- why shouldn't it have worked? If you said, oh, well, like, who's better, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan or will cast someone as Han Solo? Everyone's going to say Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. Even you would say that, Rowan. Hasn't (laughs) Obi-Wan Kenobi's backstory been explored, though? Um, So that's the thing, is that that we're not looking at a a backstory to... You're talking about exploring character. uh, Yeah, he needs his Logan. He needs his... Um, like, I don't know, like, because another thing is I'm sick of seeing that time between episode three and four. Like, I feel like every single expanded... Isn't, isn't that when an Obi-Wan can Obi-Wan Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Set? Like, um, every single expanded universe aspect is all set between three and four, and it annoys me that the the one Star Wars movie I want has to be set there, you know? I like, disagree. Like, oh, you do? Yeah, well, well, like... How would you say... I don't know, I mean, like, yeah, it makes the most sense, but, I mean, I like that... Yeah, Obi Wan's B plot in uh, Attack of the Clones is like a detective story. It's like just give us one of those. It can be from any time period. Like it doesn't have to be the he's in hiding on um, on Tatooine or whatever. It can just be like right. But if he's on Tatooine, doesn't that def- by default make it that his story is set between episodes three and four? No, I'm saying you don't have yeah, to I do that's that. That's what he's saying. I'm saying like just set it. Anytime, it doesn't have to be that between three and four. Just give us like an Obi Wan detective story. And, oh right, like, yeah, right. no, just, hey, just give for us the a record, cool I'm, arc. All, I'm all for an Obi Wan Kenobi movie that doesn't involve him being on Tatooine. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Like, I mean, not all for it, but like, I'm much more receptive to an idea to exploring basically any other part of Obi Wan Kenobi's life except that part where he's meant to just go into the desert and be a hermit. Like, he's meant to be a hermit. Like, Ewan McGregor's aged incredibly well, so it's not like. Yeah, you know, we need to set it in that by necessity. My yeah. my fan servicey desire is to dye his hair white and be like transitioning into Alec Guinness's Obi Wan. I want to see that on screen, and to me, that's just where you have to set it. But I mean, who says that while he's on Tatooine, he doesn't leave Tatooine? Has that ever been established that he? he no, and I think he would have to. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a boring ass film. Yeah. But that I, I have a problem there with you. You sort of retconning what should be happening in that period to fit the fact that, oh, we, well, we need to make a $200 million movie set in this mm. period. And like people are quick to be like, oh, no, a dirty, gritty Western movie where he just helps out a couple of natives or whatever. It's like, mm, Disney ain't interested in making that movie and marketing it to for, to try and make a billion dollars. Like the Mad Max Fury yeah, Road. He's gonna, like, Disney's never going to make a Star Wars movie set on one planet. Yeah, that's not a Star Wars movie. That's a that's a science fiction film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, do you know what would what would happen? What the Obi Wan movie would be about? It would be what? it would answer the question of like why doesn't he recognize R two and C three PO? Totally. No, but that's one of those things. That's like the Kessel Run problem. The further you start delving into those plot holes, you're just going to create 
bigger plot holes to try and you know cover up that other little plot hole well and i mean rogue one is is one giant defense of why there's such a blatant weakness in the death star right yeah, yeah but there's <laughs> yeah. not that whole movie exists because they were like in- oh man yeah this has existed for 40 years people have been like joking about how there's this hole in the death star that you shoot and it destroys the whole thing so let's explain it it's yeah. there on purpose guys yeah but like if there's if the planet-sized yeah, I- <laughs> ship has a like one tiny exhaust port that's no bigger than a womp rat like that's a good design not bad design <laughs> yeah that's the only weakness yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that's um, good. It, it came up in our group chat the other day when we were talking about off pod you know, off pod when we were arguing um rather less uh civilly than mm. we are now aj you said something that did make me actually pause and reconsider and you said think of it less as a prequel because we were i was we can get further into this later, but I think prequels are just a bad idea, full mm-hmm. stop, or a dumb place to start telling a story. But you said, think of it less as a prequel to episode four and more of a sequel to episode three. Yeah. And then that that did make me sort of think, oh, yeah, okay, I kind of would be interested. Like, that, that made me think, okay, maybe there is actually a reason to tell a story because you can follow up on the things that have happened there. Or you can, I mean, you can explore Obi-Wan's character in so much as mm. where was he at the end of episode three. But as soon as it's a sequel to episode three, you it's have to include four. Darth Vader, right? Right. Yeah, I if, guess you're, so. if you're following up on the story that Obi Wan Kenobi went through in episode three, you have to include Yoda. You have to include Darth Vader. Like, it's not a sequel to episode three if Obi Wan Kenobi doesn't reconfront. On it doesn't have to be a physical level, but he has to deal with my apprentice turned into Darth Vader, and on some level, it's my fault, even though it's not really his fault. At yeah, all. but at the same time, like terribly you want the first time them seeing each other since the lava fight to be at the end of a new hope episode four yeah yeah of course so you can't make an everyone can ever without some terrible retconning but what's the point in making a sequel to episode three if you're not following up on the themes and the ideas and the conflicts well, presented in because episode three? You, you i feel like you you get stuck to it's either a prequel or a sequel first of all technically it's, it's a, a midquel. spin-off yeah technically it is a midquel like that's the <laughs> quote legal term for yeah, that that story yeah. being told but as richard said what if rowan it's just a detective story with a a white-haired ewan mcgregor and maybe it starts in tatooine and maybe it goes off the planet and it's got nothing to do with anything else they maybe mench maybe the the fact that he lost anakin as part of his character makeup mm. you know and stuff like that but it doesn't have to but it sounds like a lot like you're pitching a storyline that has, that really isn't dependent on it being obi-wan kenobi that's true but i mean it's just the it's the puss in boots movie to the shrek series right it's the it's the i have taking... seen the puss in boots movie, okay so so it's basically is... unconnected to shrek other yeah. than it's got puss in boots in it right so you're taking so a it's character... almost like they took the cutest character from shrek that everyone really really loved yeah and then they made a film just because they had an audience captive yeah. for yeah and that Which was a great idea with shrek but not with han solo and yeah, so was... <laughs> like if okay i'll say it right here the only reason i really want to see an obi-wan movie is because i love ewan mcgregor and i love his portrayal of the character that's that's the bare minimum of what i want in a han solo in a obi-wan movie is that. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I would just put it to you that that is not a good... Like, you see, you said yourself in this podcast that the Han Solo movie does not prove its own worth. Like, yeah. it doesn't... It's not self-evident for being a movie that they should have made. Mm-hmm. If your starting point for a story is, oh, no, Ewan McGregor was, was the best thing about a series of poorly received movies, and that's a good enough reason to do a spin-off with him, I, yeah. I don't think that's well, a good yeah, place to be I, like, I want from. to see a good Obi-Wan movie. <laughs> Yeah, to me it's the same as the like flying layer from The Last Jedi. It's like, 
oh, um, yeah, but it shows, like, what a powerful force user she is. Uh, and, like, yeah, you just take that woman can't use the force. Sure, it looked a little silly. And I'm like, yeah, that's my entire argument. It looked silly. It's like, you can invalidate <laughs> my argument as much as you want. I just want to see you and McGregor as Obi-Wan again. Yeah. That's uh, that's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, I mean, I just think that's not a good place to, to be... To, you know, if you put that up on a whiteboard and say, right, what movie are we going to make? I don't think that's a good place to be started. It does feel like everyone oh, knows but- what this movie's going to be before it's even confirmed. Yeah, and then again, <laughs> that's like a terrible place. Uh, the prequel problem. But okay, but we come back to this issue of like, okay, so you're not going to include, you're not going to have him confront Darth Vader. Like, what is it about Obi-Wan as a character that you're actually going to include that makes the film worth making? Ewan He's McGregor's a cool a good space detective. <laughs> I know, but Ewan McGregor's a good actor. There are like a million good actors that you can make a million good Star Wars movie with. Yeah. What if they just cast Ewan well. McGregor in a different Star Wars role? <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, so the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie will probably happen one day. We, we we're got, on an we infinite time scale, and they'll eventually make every Star Wars movie yeah. imaginable. Yeah, if, if so, I can if I can um, draw back to what I was saying before, forget that I even brought up Obi-Wan, I kind of got off track here. But what I would want to have seen, and if I was like, like constructing this massive timeline from an omnipotent space, right, I would go... Okay, we do um, uh, episode film spin-off slash Star Wars story. Episode film, Star Wars story. I would actually like to you have like seen... You like that model. Yeah, I do. But I would have liked to have seen two Star Wars stories in between eight and nine, just to just to let it gestate a bit, a bit more. more. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after you finish episode nine, do a Star Wars story, then you start the the ryan johnson trilogy if, say it's knights of the old republic because that's what everyone wants even though it probably won't be now he's like, confirmed it's not yeah there you go but say say we get a knights of the old republic trilogy then you go knights of the old republic star wars story knights of the old republic star wars story like that mm, to me mm. is like a satisfying way where it's you're not you're not cheapening the fact that it took so long to get a sequel trilogy by doing a sequel sequel trilogy now we're doing 10 11 12 i hope we don't get to that i would rather see differently branded trilogies or series that that are interspersed between the one-off spin-off films that's what i would have wanted Hmm. i'm okay with them taking a couple years off to try and recoup because of how solo performed um i think until we hear otherwise i think that is still the that is the model and that's still the the current model um (laughs) just to at the risk of uh pulling us back off track i'll just address one point about the solo films right okay you guys have both said the number one reason we want to see a solo film uh sorry an obi-wan kenobi film get made yeah is because we want to see ewan mcgregor back as obi-wan kenobi yeah i put it to you that that is a that becomes a pure fan service movie because there aren't normal people out there going oh we have to see obi-wan kenobi again we have to see alec guinness specific uh, ewan mcgregor specifically playing obi-wan kenobi so that film has a niche appeal from the outset because only a chunk of star wars fans prequel lovers whatever you want to call them want to see that film get made it's already not as broadly appealing as mm-hmm. a han solo movie or a rogue one or any number of potential star wars spin-offs you're getting focused on the fact that you think no matter what it's going to be bad like there's no problem with <laughs> a film existing purely because it's fan service but i mean you hire a good director you get a good script there's no reason that movie has to be bad. I'm just saying, like, as a place to start. Okay, well, you're starting sure. from a place of fan service, is what I mean. Yeah, and I think that's a look, man. I think there's I... actually a model for that inside the Lucasfilm system. Yeah, which we I've got a theory yeah, for. I'm where just those saying, kind of I think your opinion's dumb. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think that it could, like, do I would I rather have 
a Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan film followed by a Boba Fett film, etc., etc., or would I rather sacrifice the my want for an Obi-Wan film for a bunch of really original and different Star Wars spin-offs? Yes, I would. But it, I don't I'm not I don't have to be in that ultimatum. That's what mm. I literally set up for myself. It, but I'm just yeah, saying I agree, that I, I agree. It's excited yeah. it's easy to get excited about something you know versus something abstract that you yeah. don't know. So Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh so that's AJ, you just recounted what how you want to see them make movies where it's they well, you how like, about, yeah, how they you should like have from the, the start, alternating but... model where every second movie is spin off fan service. It doesn't even have to be that ordered. I'm saying it doesn't and I'm not saying spin off fan service, I'm saying I think if we if we look at if you've got original trilogy type movies and you've got Star Wars the a Star Wars story movies yeah I th- I'm not I'm kind of putting it down but I don't mean to the a Star Wars story thing is the fan service label right yes because you're saying we're going to make movies that we know we've got this global audience of Star Wars fans let's make movies that fill in the gaps that tell side stories that are like. For spin-off movies, for standalone films, they've all been very heavily tied into knowing mm, and loving the original films. So I think the a Star Wars story label is your fan service label. I'm saying it and doesn't have to a- be. I'm saying give me something that I only know as Star Wars because it's called a Star Wars story and it's set in space. I'm I'll happily take that. Mm. You want you want to see a Star Wars stories that truly do do different genres. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's. I made a video about this last year, mm. and that's that is my position that you have no reason to worry about the legacy of a Star Wars story. You have reason to worry about the legacy of an episode, sure, film, right? Yeah, because yeah. that look at the prequels that you know it affects the story. But if you make a Star Wars story that's I don't know, give me a random genre here, rom com. Rom com, a rom com thriller, right? And it's, it's just not a film it's, that could be made, it's weird and it's strange. No one's going to be like, um, we are we are trying to start a Kickstarter to remake the Star Wars rom com thriller because you get, you get it removed no from one, canon. Yeah, get it because it can just not be. You just don't have to watch it again. Mm. You don't have to watch these to implicate the it's rest of the series. So if they're bad, if you do something risky, I would I would rather see Star Wars stories that are risky and fail than more solos, which are fine. Yeah, I know. I would certainly like to see more films that swing for the fences, and I don't films playing it as safe as solo did. Yeah, and that's not fan service. That's that's experimenting with with filmmakers are finally. Here's what's annoying. Here's the here's the the great tragedy of Darth Kennedy the. Um, greedy is that (laughs) not the official pop culture uh, hardline but Um, is that um, we wanted something different and we're getting the same thing over and over again well, no, not the same thing, but safety. Safety. We're not getting when it's exciting to think of filmmakers are finally allowed to go into the Star Wars universe Mm. and make a Star Wars story that they want to make. That's not what's happening, and that's what should have happened. At the start of the acquisition, we got sold a a narrative that they were going to hire fresh new filmmakers Mm. and let them make the Star Wars films they wanted to make. Yeah, exactly. And I think that 100% happened with The Last Jedi. And I think the last, as an experiment with a fresh new filmmaker, like you've got to at least look at it and say, production went off without a hitch, film made a whole ton of cash. Yeah. it divided people, but as we said before, the division means that a whole group of them were happy. It's not yeah. universally hated. Obviously, with Rogue One and Solo, that experiment either wasn't allowed to run its course, mm. 
or failed behind the scenes and we didn't we didn't see how it failed because they fixed it and they released those movies isn't it fascinating but, but Rogue though. One was meant to be a big war movie and Solo was I think meant to be a buddy comedy film yeah and they pulled those back in line and said no no these are Star Wars movies and isn't yeah, it weird yeah. that they did that for the spin-offs and not for the episode films? yeah I mean <laughs> yeah it's, it's strange that the bold new directions are I mean I'm, if I had the choice of how it would play out that's exactly how, I'd, yeah, how I'd have it play yeah. out um Richard how do you feel that the the from here if you were running Lucasfilm how do you think they should do how do you think they should structure future sagas versus spin-off projects versus brand new st- uh, trilogies well so yeah the, we've talked about the saga spin-off saga spin-off kind of thing and then and then treating the um Benioff and Weiss and Ryan Johnson trilogy as like new the new saga films but um I think once we've finished episode nine, we can kind of abandon that a little bit. And I'm thinking maybe something more like we get like a Star Wars film a year, but then maybe like every three years we get two and one of them is like a character centric solo. So that's where your Boba Fett's, your Obi-Wan's, your solos would go. So it's like when it's not great or it's just fine, you're getting two that year. So it's not really that big a deal, which is what um, Pixar originally pitched. They're like, we're going to release a film every year, every second year. So you'll get an original film every year, every second year, you'll get a sequel as well. And they not once have actually done that, but and they've now abandoned that as their, like what they said their model was going to be. Um, but in terms of actually how I would fix Star Wars kind of thing, uh, yeah, I think definitely getting just completely different with it, like... Yeah, Rogue One was meant to be Saving Private Ryan set in space. And I was so excited for that because I once had a dream that when I woke up, I was like, I just had the best dream ever. It's It was Saving Private Ryan meets Star Wars. And then years later, someone was like, we're making this movie. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then we didn't really get that. And that's what I was kind of talking about earlier when I said that it didn't reach its full potential uh, because they got sort of pulled back into line by Kathleen Kennedy and whatnot. And then everyone said Solo was a bad idea. And I said, hey, every single Lord and Miller uh, movie sounds like a bad idea on paper. So that just gave me hope for it being good. And then, yeah, you they pulled that into line as well. And, and that kind of, with it, any hope of it being amazing. You know, I, I still think it was good. But one thing that I kind of like the idea of is... Uh, so in in my head canon and i'm waiting for this to be like disproven that something like solo and even rogue one to an extent uh, i like the idea of thinking that like those are movies set in the star wars universe well, okay <laughs> those are like movies within the star wars universe so like ray and finn when they're not you know battling evil could go and watch solo a star wars story at the cinema and so that's why it's like not oh it's, it's, he's nothing like Harrison Ford because you know they're watching and they're like oh you know he actually like plays Han Solo pretty well because that's how you expect if Han Solo is a real person that's the amount of accuracy you expect and yeah, uh, yeah and I, I, I like that idea and then that way you, like AJ said you don't have the legacy problem and you know you can have so they're, they're all essentially biopics <laughs> and yes because it's 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 basically like Cuba Gooding Jr. and 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 OJ and the OJ show. It's like, yeah, I can say, oh, that's an interesting portrayal of OJ, but it's, he's not literally OJ. He's not literally a young version of OJ. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the, like you'd get people like um, 
Jimmy Smith's character uh, from the prequels is also in Rogue One, and you're like, oh, like fun fact, this char- this small character in this scene actually played himself. Yeah, <laughs> like that, that's <laughs> interesting IMDb <laughs> trivia in the Star Wars universe. Do and movies so, yeah, exist kinda, like, in the Star Wars canon? I don't think so. <laughs> what do they do for fun? Um, but yeah, I, I quite like that. And maybe like in John Favreau's TV, in John Favreau's TV show, you could just have the characters like walk past a, a space cinema and it says solo a Star Wars story on the marquee. And then boom, you've solved your legacy problem. But having fuck? said that, I <laughs> do. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not. It might be because I've only heard like literally half of what you've said through our recording setup, but I am not following what you are pitching at all. <laughs> He's saying that Solo and Rogue One are movies within the Star Wars canon. Yeah, so they're a Star Wars story from inside Star Wars. Yeah, like yeah. like how Kill Bill is a movie in the Tarantino universe. Like, so Jules from Pulp Fiction can go see Kill Bill. In and so once you make that your head canon, what does that get you? It means well, that like, you're not sacrificing legacy. Or co- yeah, and or it's continuity. like, oh, yeah, yeah. Alden Ehrenreich yeah, isn't I mean, going to turn into Harrison Ford in three years. It's like, yeah, no, but he's Alden Ehrenreich is playing Han Solo. He's not playing Harrison Ford. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I, mean, what, but I think generally we have a problem where continuity is just being held up as this thing that is like needs to be preserved in amber. Mm. Like, continuity for Star Wars is the most important thing ever, and it's like, mm, no, each film is always going to be its own. Th- each film only has to have continuity to itself, and maybe to the se- to the film that came directly before it, if it's a direct sequel. What if yeah. Richard to to yes. play off your idea, dude? Yeah. And this is a this is a uh, uncovering a conspiracy theory. In <laughs> Solo, a Star Wars story, you actually hear Imperial March playing on a radio, yeah, meaning minor, that that song thing. exists okay. to the characters in the universe so what if stupid what if the star wars stories are the real life and the episodes are the movies in the spin-off universe and so han solo goes from being a smuggler to a budding screenwriter and writes his like fantasy about himself when he's older and that's what the, the episodes are yeah, no, I think either of those, are, what, like one or the other of those is probably canon, so we don't need to dwell on it. But, <laughs> but my other idea for like, like, I mean, talking about like fixing. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Star Wars. I mean, I don't think it's inherently broken that coming from no, someone who didn't not. like The Last Jedi. But the, I, I, the other sort of thing I like for the idea of the future is this talk of like a Lando solo film. But I, I like the idea, especially with the way Solo ended, of doing Solo, Lando, and maybe Maul as like a trilogy. Yeah, yeah I th- I th- I, after right after Solo, I was hearing a lot of theories that it was like they're they're going to tell a under a, a crime boss storyline over three other spinoffs that weren't actually Maul movies. So you'd have like if the next movie was a Boba Fett movie, you'd delve a bit more into that Maul storyline, and then whatever the third. You know, uh, you, you do a trilogy where the begin the, the rise and fall of Darth Maul's kind of criminal empire was covered as a B story. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I don't want to see Solo two, but Lando with like shit going on in the background. You know, there's there's merit to that. 
I don't mm. think Maul will show up in a strict solo sequel because how weird would that be? Like, to me, the weirdest part of Maul appearing was this is a Han Solo movie and Darth Maul is in it. Like, yeah. those characters are so far away in my, like, encyclopedia of Star Wars character in my mind that it's so Your strange Wikipedia, to see them if you will. show up in, in, in one movie. That. Richard, to address your uh, headcanon thing about like, okay, so the saga's like re- quote unquote real life and the spin offs are all uh, like, you know, glossed up versions of the history. Yep. I-, I think there is like, if if Star Wars is broken, it's the fandom that's broken. It's not the filmmakers. Oh, fuck and the yeah, production. dude. It's worse than Rick and Morty. <laughs> it's, <laughs> one of, so we like for a while and i was guilty of this myself but i think the episode numbering and the fact that george lucas made prequels where it was like look there's this it's all this one master narrative and there's a backstory there and now i would like to share that backstory with you over these three prequels nah man every single star wars movie is always being made up on the spot there is no history to this universe that's slowly being revealed to us they are making up Every chapter as they go, every spin-off is always going to end up retconning some other aspect of the original saga. And I think that's fine. Like, the fandom needs to get away from this stuff being perfect and continuity being more important than the individual characters, the individual films, and the individual stories. Otherwise, you're just too hamstrung to the original trilogy as some sort of golden narrative. And... And even within the original trilogy, there's massive leaps in continuity or kind of... That's not one story. That is three films that they made up. They made the first one, then they made up the second one, then they made up the third one. George Lucas can tell us that he wrote all three at the start all he wants. And maybe part of that's true, but they definitely re-evaluated the story and re, like you know redid things that were set up in earlier films. Yeah, like it's not even... Yeah. It was like halfway through writing uh, Empire that he was like, oh, fuck, maybe it's his dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but and yeah, obviously like my... Leia was not his sister. Yeah, that like it's it's that's all there, and it's so obvious we forget about it. But Star Wars has never been a perfect history that's been slowly unfolding. It's do it's yeah, actually it is mostly dudes, but it's people in a room thinking, dreaming up what could happen next, and they're not thinking up what's the perfect history. They're like, what is the story for this film, and what needs to happen to to get bums and seats and to sell people a good movie? Yeah, and, and that's, that's what they should is. be doing. But yeah, like in my notes, I had basically uh, how to fix Star Wars and like the final, like my final point was just like, just get over it. They're just fucking movies. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's really how you fix Star Wars is just like, stop being such a whiny little bitch about it. You're not going to raise $200 million and Bob Iger <laughs> isn't going to allow you to make, uh, to remake The Last Jedi and have that one canon. Although I would love to see that happen and oh, have them realize like, yeah, that's not how movies work. This is a lot harder than it looks. <laughs> I think my favorite part of that is that they were going to get input from every fan and make a film that, you know, made everyone happy. Like, yeah, that that's so. I, I mean, please let's just see that process unfold. Um, yeah, like movies right, so, shouldn't yeah. make everyone happy. They just can't. They they physically yeah. cannot. Well, J.J. Abrams said at the Star Wars celebration right before they like revealed that second teaser trailer, he said something to the effect of, "Look, we obviously can't make a Star Wars movie that's going to make everyone happy." But I actually think with the Force Awakens, they they pulled off the impossible, and for the most part, everyone was really happy with that movie. And I think a big part of that is. 
they, you know, J.J. Abrams did his typical thing where he set up a lot of stuff without a lot of payoff. So I got everyone really juiced, but he actually never had to follow through on a lot of it. And so no one was immediately disappointed. Yeah. But like, if you've got the biggest the complaint Jedi, about The Force Awakens is it's too similar to something that I really like. Yeah. 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 <laughs> which, you know, that. Let's get I mean, bit. he's also directing episode nine, so he does have to finish. He now has off, to. Yeah. He has which to he's land never that trick. Before. But he's, he's in a position where, um, like I was going to say before, if you've got beef with The Last Jedi, you have beef with J.J. Abrams, not Ryan Johnson. He did the best he could do with a very specific setup. You know, like with. He, I think everyone assumed there was going to be a time jump after episode seven. He didn't do the time jump thing, which I think is super brave. But he, he kind of had to not do the time jump if he was going to so directly address things that JJ had set up in a way that could probably never have been satisfyingly paid out. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I disagree with what you said about having beef with uh, JJ rather than Ryan. My, my okay. issues we- aren't with the answers I got. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, I hated the fact that this question was asked. It was like, this looked silly. Yeah, no, <laughs> I think your your beefs with The Last Jedi aren't the typical beefs that... I mean, plenty of people think that the Leia flying through space thing is silly. I think it looks awesome, but whatever. Um, but no, uh, the, the awesome. main... The main You're not even like Luke It gives me it. chills. I think that moment rocks. Like, the music's <laughs> oh my cool. Gosh. Anyway, whatever. Let's not get into that. But, uh, Richard, what I was saying about if you've got beef with The Last Jedi, you've got beef with JJ, I think the number one beef that people have with The Last Jedi is like, you didn't do my favourite childhood character, Luke Skywalker. You didn't do him right. I wanted to see him pull Star Destroyers down from the sky with his mind because he's the most powerful badass Jedi that ever lived. Like, we didn't get that because JJ set up a story where Luke was gone. Yeah. And the cliffhanger was Luke on the island looking really upset. I think Ryan, like, he continued drawing a straight line from what JJ had done, and that's that's what we got. And I think if you've got beef with Luke's depiction in... The Last Jedi, you've actually got beef with JJ. Well, to me, the the stupidest complaint that I've heard about The Last Jedi, and I can say this without hurting Richard's feelings because I know that he agrees with me, or at least Mm. last time I asked, (laughs) is that people were so mad that Snoke died and that Rey was a nobody. Rey's parents weren't important. And those two aspects are my favourite parts of The Last Jedi. I loved that Snoke died like a punk bitch, that like he was just a red herring, that he was like a bad impersonation of Emperor Palpatine. Mm. Good, fucking kill him. I don't give a shit about him. He's boring. He's the worst character. And so I'm glad yeah. that, that Snoke died. I'm glad that Ray's not important because that opens up the story. Yeah, and, and both of yeah. those things tie into, like, JJ set both of those things up as mysteries, although he never really set Snoke up as a mystery. No. We just didn't know who he was or where he came from. But, hey, we also didn't know where Maz had came from. We didn't know where, you know, new characters are introduced in these things all the time and we don't have ironclad backstories yeah, for yeah. them. Um, but I think both with Ray's parentage and with Snoke's backstory, is people spent, you know, fans especially, spent so much time speculating and theorizing and they wanted to go into the last jedi and have their 30 plus years of star wars fandom paid out in a way that only they would be able to understand and Mm. you know the big the big mic drop of snoke is plagueis would happen and they would all be like yeah we knew it because we saw the signs and we put all together and then when that didn't happen they were disappointed but again they weren't disappointed i don't think they should be disappointed in ryan they should be disappointed in jj for setting these things up as mysteries Mm. so is this to say that our big conclusion to how to fix Star Wars. I is, haven't even got to how I would fix Star Wars. The, I haven't the even started. Yeah, definitely. I think the only if there's anything rotten in Star Wars, it's it's with the fans. And I okay. think it's as simple as 
like guys we're never gonna get a star wars movie that everyone star wars is too big now and it means too many different things to too many different groups like we've got our you've got your original trilogy devotees you've got a group of fans that were brought up on the prequels and the prequels are are different movies whether they're good or bad they are different and they do different things for the audience so we've now got two different groups of star wars fans that expect a star wars movie to be two different things yeah um and then on top of that we've now got you know we've got the clone wars fans we've got people that really only know star wars through the video games um so i think the idea that we're going to get a star wars movie that pleases everyone is just ridiculous at this point and it should really only be designed to please kids Oh, that's I hate, my, that. That's I my hate that argument. Dude, Star yeah, Wars is I, for I kids. Agree. Star Wars is not for kids. Star Wars I don't is know why everyone says that. It's not true. There are movies that are obviously for adults, right? Sure. So what is it about Star Wars that like no it, dude, it's obviously for kids. It's not no It's family friendly entertainment for sure. It's but it's not for but kids. there's blood and violence and there's blood and, and violence in all sorts of kids shows. Sure. Yeah, not really. I, yeah, I, I, I agree I, with Rowan on this point. Like like there's so and it's and it's part of the problem with making Star Wars movies now is that people are wanting Star Wars movies that have the same depth that has been invented in the forty years since hmm. the original. Like yeah. th- these aren't they aren't dense movies. They're not these like intelligent think pieces because this background character has a whole backstory that if you read um, like some guy's fan book, like you know non-canon book that he wrote, it turns out he's actually like a real powerful force user and he's got a black lightsaber. So no, mm. none of that is actually in the movies. You've invented that yeah. over the last forty years, and now people are like, no, Star Wars is actually really smart and it's got so much going on in it, and and, and the last Jedi needs to have it. And it's like no, they've always yeah. just been like fun, family-friendly movies, and you shouldn't hate the Force Awakens because it's enjoyable that's the dumbest fucking complaint (laughs) yeah and the original star wars movie succeeds because it does a whole bunch of things very simply and very well it's just a fun time the spectacle's good the action adventure is good the characters are fun especially it's visually incredible the music's great but it's not yeah it's it's a very simple story yeah star wars is the ultimate victim of its own success yeah um and then it starts getting a bit deeper with subsequent movies but yeah, I think we're looking for it, or there are groups of the fandom that are looking for depth there that isn't there. And then we get a movie like The Last Jedi, which I think actually does bring a bunch of that depth to the saga. And it's, you know, it's not the kind of depth that people wanted, or it's not, yeah, it's basically not what people wanted. And they went in with a checklist of things they wanted to see happen in the movie and didn't get it. Um, but can I pitch you guys on how I would fix Please. Star Wars? Um, so I think yes. it was a huge mistake for them to launch into one film per year. Okay. Um, I also think prequels, you know, Star, as a franchise, Star Wars proved this probably the more definitively than any other saga or series. Um, prequels are just a bad place to start telling your story. They really only work for people that are really interested in the, the, the story that's already been told. Um, so like the Star Wars prequels, for example, everything that is essential backstory in the prequels was more than covered in the originals. There's no there's no nuance or extra shading that the prequels give us that wasn't covered by two conversations of exposition between Luke and Obi-Wan. Um, so with that in mind, if we could go back to 2015, my pitch to Lucas, or you, know, you could even do it from this point on, is make fewer star wars films as well so don't do don't commit yourself to one film per year and then the other flip side of that was 
every Star Wars movie that comes out chronologically takes place after every other Star Wars film that's ever been made or released. So you're only ever going forward into the future with the story. Because I think that is the more natural place to be telling stories from, is what happens next, not what did... Like, if you've got an interesting twist to reveal that can only be done through a prequel, then go for it. But if you're just fleshing out story that's already there in the subtext or between the lines, you don't need to go and do that. Um, Can I just ask so at the, at the end, Yeah. Yeah, how would you feel about like a Knights of the Old Republic thing where it's like, like it's like I, medieval I have an answer, times? I have an answer for all of that sort of stuff because obviously there's a, okay. a, a incredible appetite for more Star Wars and people like the films that they like and they want to see stuff build up around them. Um, but just to get back real quickly, so so Star, if you look at like the highest grossing films of all time on the current like box office top of list, Star Wars and maybe Avatar are the only stories where. The audience is getting an instance of here's what happens next and you have no way to predict what's, where the story, how the story is going to unfold. It's one of those sagas, it's one, it's one of the only stories where at any point in a in the next chapter, a character could die and you'd believe they had died. Because it's not based on a comic. Yeah, because it's, a, not, a it's not Marvel, it's not a comic series, it's not a book series, it's not an adaptation of anything else. Star Wars is first and foremost a screen franchise yeah. and its story is being told for the first time on the big screen. And I think yeah, that's... I, know, I didn't a, that see the iceberg coming in Titanic, and that made a lot of money. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, but you pro- that proves my point, right? It's like Star Wars is a, is a rare breed of story that we have these days where it's being told for the first time on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Um, almost every other successful or big big money franchise is based on something, or you have you really have... You know, like Avengers just came out, whole shitload of characters died. Everyone walked out of the film fully expecting to see at least three more movies per character that had just died. <laughs> like that. So, so I think Star Wars has a really rare form of gold because, like, the best stories are ones where you want to know what happens next and you don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Um, and I think Star Wars should be capitalising on that. The other thing that Star Wars has, which the other ones don't, is up until recently, every new Star Wars movie was a really big deal. Mm. And people got really excited. So I reckon they should just make Star Wars movies every two to three years. And every one of them should be um, should take place after the next one. And maybe you can do one film a year if you have... Like if Ryan Johnson's trilogy came out um, 2021, 2022, 2023, that would be a totally acceptable use of one film per year. But I, yeah, I, if I had my way, no more prequels. Just make... You just have that saga continue into the future, yeah. and you can still do spin-off trilogies, but have them take place after the previous saga. Right. So I get what you're saying, because so, like, yeah, there was no um, I like you read fan theories back when the prequels were being released about mm. how like Obi Wan and Anakin were actually going to switch places at the last minute, and you were going to find out that you and McGregor is becomes Darth Vader and, and all stuff of a sudden like that. that would validate why that prequel of course, had to of be course, made yeah. right? and yeah. or like there was Obi-Wan's a clone mm. theories and stuff like that yeah, yeah, so yeah. and I mean Solo's a more more recent example obviously to, to bring into this nothing about what we learnt about Solo changed how we view Solo no. yeah. nothing you know and like if anything the stuff that was revealed was like dumb answers to questions I didn't yeah, care yeah, about yeah. like how he got his blaster or why he calls Chewbacca Chewie mm. you know <laughs> like these aren't things I was asking and so a prequel's purpose is to answer a question you're asking theoretically yeah or it's to 
you know, market a film. Yeah, like, but at the same time, you weren't asking, is Obi-Wan a clone? No. No. Well, no. So, I, that, I like, think, if that had been I, a successful prequel and done that, it's not necessarily answering a question. No, but the, the Star Wars prequels are answering the questions why do we need to see star wars prequels <laughs> so if any of those things had happened then it's, if there'd been any kind of twist that completely changes the foundation of how you mm. view the original trilogy which probably would have sucked like i'm not saying these would be good things yeah. but that would at least explain why they exist it'd be retconning the story yeah. that we already had but re- retconning least- all right if you base an entire trilogy of movies around it mm. and you're not doing it just to contrive a situation so that that um christoph waltz can be the bad guy of the of the whole james bond daniel craig movies that's yeah, just yeah. so he's he's a bigger boss you know yeah i mean we could do a whole we couldn't probably should do a whole podcast just on like what is a prequel and yeah like why do they exist what are they all about but um i to, to shortcut that really quickly i think a film that just takes place narratively before an, another film isn't necessarily a prequel. Like you guys said that Casino Royale was a James Bond prequel. Whether or not it's a reboot is separate, but it wasn't concerned with any continuity other than what James it was Bond trying to be. James a separate Yeah, or thing, X, okay, so X-Men First Class, right? Like that's, sure, it's a prequel um, on under maybe like a very technical yeah. version of things, but... I, uh, to just break down the word prequel, right? So it's, it's it means sequel. It means a follow-up to an existing it's story. It's a type of sequel. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. So it's a type of sequel. So it's continuing, to some degree, a story that's been told. Yeah. It's just continuing. It's a it. continuation Not, of the franchise. Yeah. Yeah, it's a continuation of the franchise. Um, But in order for a prequel to kind of be worth getting into that story needs to have been told to some degree inside the original text, right? So that you go, oh, let's let's flesh out that story. Um, or it ignores it completely. I mean, it, I think if it ignores it completely, it's not really a sequel because it's not continuing the it, story. It is, though, because it's set like... like Do we actually, I, are there examples of that? I'm saying, well, X-Men First Class and Casino Royale are both examples of installments in a franchise that are te- prequels on technicality yeah. that, that kick continuity in the balls. They might be the franchise prequels, but they're not sequels to, to any a, one to a film. specific Do you movie. know what I mean? Whereas the Star Wars prequels are very much sequels to the original trilogy. Yeah. Each stanza rhymes with the last. Like, they rhyme. It's like poetry. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, in regards to the Old Republic and the spin-offs and whatnot... Um, I think throw them, like, do as many related Star Wars projects as you want, but put them all on the streaming service where the fans can seek them out and and get their appetite for that sort of stuff. But I think the general public, the people, the, your mum and dad going to a Star Wars movie, I think they're going to have a better time getting told the story of what happens next rather than we're going to fill in the gaps on a character that you already love and we're going to take a gamble on, you know, Cash, we're going to cash in on your enjoyment of Star Wars rather than we're going to give you the next chapter. Mm. Mm. That's how I would fix Star Wars. Brutal. And more than anything, just just one film per year is just too much. I don't know. I think there it's aren't small. enough years to not do it one film yeah, per so year. So people yeah. say that if you just go and do new directions and you do wholly new genres and explore Star Wars through the lens of different genres. That's a, that's a way to, to do more than one film a year and keep it fresh. Well, I said that. I don't know if I... I well, I have heard that other, okay, in other places. I also but I'm glad I, I'm not the only one. I disagree with that logic because I think Star Wars kind of is its own genre, or not that it is its own genre, but Star Wars is already defined by being an amalgamation of a couple of other genres. Mm-hmm. And I think Star Wars movies should always feel like Star Wars movies, 
if you want to explore other genres, tell other stories. That's that's the that's the other <laughs> argument that I would go for is Star Wars should be is should be treated as being more special than it is at the moment. Yeah, and maybe there shouldn't be a Star Wars cinematic universe because. You can do that for something like Marvel, which was more or less designed with that in mind. Mm. But with Star Wars, it's like, nah, man, it's Star Wars. This yeah. is, this is, you know, the the highest form of blockbuster at one point in time. You know, was Star Wars. Star Wars, unlike Marvel as well, is is one story. Marvel is like four hundred million versions of all of those characters. There is no definitive Marvel story. Yeah, but they're actually trying to do that with Star Wars. And I think if you go, if you try and look at the Marvel route. It's going to get way too messy way too quickly. Yeah, and there's already hints of that. Yeah, well, yeah, like I just said, there's like I feel like there's not enough years to do, not do one a year. Like if we if we have Benioff and Weiss doing a trilogy, Ryan Johnson doing a trilogy, as well as episode nine still to come, and then chuck another couple of like spinoffs in there, we wouldn't be getting the conclusion to these trilogies until like the 2030s. That's fine. Because that's but like I think just, just tell one story at a time. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how Lucasfilm balances marketing potentially three different trilogies worth of story at the same time. Mm. Are we going to? If we're going to get, a, I think common thinking is we're going to get like a Ryan Johnson, you know, episode one, and then we're going to get the Benioff and Weiss episode. Oh, they actually think they're going to come the other way around. But okay. are we going to get? Are there going to be two Star Wars trilogies being told currently? That is, I don't know. How is that not going to be a huge? mess in yeah. the minds of the general public it's all about branding man it's all about establish i mean marvel are doing it technically no, but marvel are still always telling them i mean that they're about to do a little backward step with ant-man but marvel movies have always been it's the next each film follows chronologically i don't know if that's well, actually true. i think it's um, guardians 2 takes place before civil war okay but uh, it's irrelevant it doesn't play kind of, that into is the kind of relevant. yeah because guardians 2 doesn't have any relationship yeah. to civil war so yeah. it doesn't matter um and maybe that's how it'll work with with Star Wars, but I mean, like Guardians felt like its own franchise compared to the Avengers films, anyway. Um, but but by and large, the Marvel films have always come out. Or okay, Guardians two might take place before Civil War, but you are not going to be confused if you watch it after Civil War. Yeah, I think yeah. it's all going to be about what they decide to call them. It all comes down to titles, as we know mm. on Cult Popture. And I think if you call one Knights of the Old Republic and call one um star wars noir you know these are ideas i've read they aren't mm. they aren't my ideas then that's gonna help it out because you're not gonna be like knights of the old republic 2 shouldn't this be star wars noir 3 you know what mm. I mean? does this make sense what i'm saying like if you yeah, call well, them do they even need to be called star wars that's what i'm saying yeah basically no, I, do they... I think the saga films should be called star wars and the rest should just be whatever they are yeah exactly exactly there's obviously too much brand value in calling it a star wars story or having the word star wars in the and keyword. that's that's the age-old battle between artistic credibility and mm. consumerism right is what you call them as <laughs> yeah. using that brand recognition to sell your movie but even mm. when you shouldn't even when it doesn't need it well you I, think about really... something like fantastic beasts and where to find them isn't called harry potter's fantastic yeah, exactly. beasts and where to find them so you can mm. make a trilogy that is based on an existing franchise and not even call it star wars and, and the public will work out that it takes place in the same universe or a better, not necessarily a better example, but a, a different way of thinking it as well, to go off what you're saying, Richard, is something like Deadpool is technically in the X-Men universe. And that's, you know, we know that. But, you know, when we did when we did the X-Men series for film franchise Fortnites and I told people they were doing Deadpool, we were doing Deadpool, I had people be like, why are you doing Deadpool if you're doing X-Men? 
and that's the this is further reaching the point that deadpool was not sold off this franchise it was sold off check out this fun character and so there's a good way to make a movie you know if you make a a movie that is technically set in the star wars universe but it also looks so fun and so thrilling and so engaging then you're doing movies probably the correct way instead of the reverse way of being Mm. like you know this brand you love this brand if you make a good movie that's technically a star wars movie then that's great yeah Yeah, part of me definitely like thinks maybe like ryan johnson's trilogy shouldn't be shouldn't have star wars in the title but like i could see beating off a weiss doing like a knights of the old republic style thing where it's like it's a prequel but it takes place like thousands of years before so it's not at all like the same story it's just a prequel in terms of like it takes place beforehand but it's so far that the, the story isn't we're not filling yeah, any stops gaps being in any prequel stories. at that point yeah, it's yeah. truly just a spin-off yeah yeah um i think maybe there's a chance that when they were making rogue one they realized that there's no value to making a pure star wars war movie like i think possibly they've discovered that they don't want to have a Star Wars movie ever be anything other than just a Star Wars movie, if, if that makes any sense. So if, if Solo was meant to be a buddy comedy, they may have discovered halfway through filming... Solo, I'd say, no, would be a, a, is a heist film more than anything. What even is a heist film? But, um, <laughs> I, yeah, a heist. I don't know if a heist film is a genre so much as... But well, anyway. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> no, it's a... It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a series it's a, of... It's a story format. I don't know if it's a what's genre. What's a genre, then? Well, genre is like a like like tone and and like cliches and yeah, okay. well, heist full of that. Okay, uh, uh, well, uh, I don't think Lord and Miller were going to make Solo focused as a heist movie though. Okay. I think they were going to do like comp. Yeah, it was going to be like a buddy comedy. Okay. Um, but yeah, Agreed my, my theory is that they've discovered that Star Wars movies should always look and feel like Star Wars movies, and I think that might be the sad reality of like we we think of Star Wars as this enormous expanding universe. But I think the legwork of what Star Wars is has already been done, and that's what makes Star Wars so damn good. It's not specifically any one of those characters, or you know, like it's a it's a unique blend of genres and mm-hmm. film tropes that make Star Wars Star Wars. And if you go, we're going to do the pure Western version of Star Wars, I think you're just diluting what makes Star Wars good in the first place. Exactly, and so we come back to that more cynical approach of how to fix Star Wars, and that's if you're not going to go different with the spin-offs and they're just going to be other Star Wars movies, mm. don't make them. Yeah, I agree. And that's that's what it comes. That's the mature and cynical kind of approach to it, isn't it? You like you say, oh, they, they've decided that they've worked out that they can't do this, but like it's not like they've ever tried and failed. Like maybe if they'd released Rogue One as the war movie it intended to be and it didn't work, then fine, make that decision. But I don't like Kathleen Kennedy and the people at Disney saying what is good for us in a way. Like their talent, I don't, yeah, I don't like the idea that they've made this decision. Nah, we can't release a Star Wars movie that isn't just a star wars movie because at the same time you're going to get what what people complain about with marvel that it just feels so samey and it's like yeah you can look at it like episodes of a tv show or you can try to do something really genuinely different and i don't know do we want two just big franchises that sort of meld into one another or do we want one of them to really start taking risks yeah it it bums me out that we never got to at least see what it would look like they never even tried they just decided uh... no this doesn't fit I think perhaps they did try, like, 
there was a false score written for Rogue One by someone that wasn't the composer who did the final score, right? So, so someone watched a cut of more than one person, obviously watched a cut of Rogue One before any of the reshoots with a, with a nearly completed score, and I think they concluded that that's not the kind of film either they want to release. Um, or that people would actually enjoy. Yeah, but they still made the decision for us. They still decide. That I guess that's it's their right as, right? as yeah. an author. But yeah. like, it's still it's still weird to be like, oh, this is why it wasn't this. Trust us. And it's like, but we didn't really like this. So what did it look like beforehand? Yeah, I mean, I guess it comes down to whether or not it was um, something they said that's not what we want to release, or that's not what the public want to see. Because well, not those are two very different yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I guess it comes down to like should Star should a Star Wars movie be for all ages and for all people or are they actually is there a place for them to make niche Star Wars movies? I think there is. I, think, I also think there I is. I don't think we'll ever see. And Rowan's got some yeah, dumb other right. opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but like Star Wars from its get go has been this global hit, massive phenomenon that is meant to be for all people. I We've don't... already been to the worst Star Wars can be. Have we? What was that? Phantom yeah, Menace or Attack of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. <laughs> We've already been to the bottom of the barrel. I feel like nothing's ever going to be that bad again. And if it is, it'll be it, because they I, took no, risks. I don't think that was the bottom of the barrel. I think those films were not as good as the, the original saga. And so by comparison, they look like terrible movies. And they are bad movies. I don't think we've seen Star Wars hit rock bottom just Well, yet. then show me rock bottom, baby. Fine, just yeah. show me something. So that's, that's the other way, I reckon. Like... <laughs> Pump out as many as you possibly can. We're going to get, get a whole Tommy lot of crap. But as long as they, if they stop being precious about Star Wars, we'll get the good films as well. Yeah. Cool. Um, maybe. Is that the end of the scushy? Yeah. I, we yeah. And also just fans should just get the, over it. Yeah, the fans are the, are the only <laughs> thing that's broken with Star Wars. So all us three, I think, then we should pledge to never see a Star Wars film again because that will solve <laughs> that big problem. And we'll encourage others not to. What we should actually do is start a Kickstarter to make our own Star Wars film. In fact, let's just take one that already exists. Say well, last episode Jedi. 9 is going to suck, right? So we should already start work on remaking <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do, we should do that as like a viral, a, a viral marketing cult popture campaign. Yeah, we'll That's have, a good idea. We will have it ready to go yeah. day and date with episode yeah. nine officially. Let's start a Kickstarter <laughs> to remake episode nine. That's JJ Abrams a is a soy boy, soy boy who will ruin Boy, Star just, Wars just for while a second we're on the topic. Time. That um that remake last <laughs> Jedi Kickstarter, whatever it is, um they're currently up to one hundred thirty million dollars. <laughs> That's enough. You could make it. You're kidding. They're, they're going for yeah, 200 million. About the but the thing is, about it's, it's like, was that our producers are willing to fund it. Why are they going out and getting more money? Huh? It's not real money. It's pledge. Oh, yeah, it's sure. pledge. Well, I, could, oh. I could pledge $50 million <laughs> and never be under any obligation to give them that money. <laughs> um, wait, I think Colt Popshire should do that. To the Star should Wars pledge, Episode 9 remake? Pledge $200 million to the Episode 9 remake. Oh, right. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm, I'm super excited for episode nine, mm. and everything everything that I don't know anything about, I'm super excited. Things like Kenobi and Boba Fett. Yeah. Although, uh, do we have time for a little epilogue? Ep- epilogue? Yeah. Yep. I reckon Boba Fett is the spin-off that has the most potential, precisely because we don't know anything about who Boba Fett is, and that whole thing is not defined. Which, by flip side, means that there'll be, as soon as it comes out, a million fans will scream, not my Boba Fett. <laughs> and it's like, uh, 
what, what even is your Boba Fett? <laughs> no one knows what Boba Fett's a costume. That has to be in the movie, and then it's everyone's Boba Fett. But I think as soon as they go specific with who and what Boba Fett is, a million people are going to be there's a There's a great Boba Fett movie idea floating around. I might have told you guys it. I, th- I can't remember. So it was probably on Reddit or something like that. I'm not taking credit for it. But it's basically, it's set after Return of the Jedi, and some guy finds Boba Fett's dead body, yeah. puts on the armor, and everyone thinks he's Boba Fett, and it's like a mistaken Fish identity. Fish out of water movie. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, where, where he gets, and so he needs to be played by like a sort of Lem, uh, Mr. Magoo type yeah. character, right? He's bumbling through Star Wars. <laughs> I um, think that's yeah, such that's a good great. Idea. I mean, he's not my Boba Fett, but that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shag, not my Boba yeah. Uh, real quickly going around the table, when should the Boba Fett movie be set? AJ? Return of the Jedi. Post Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Richard? Um, at the same time as Solo. <laughs> <laughs> at the exact co- set co-currently right so the events are being yeah, everything that goes wrong line. in Solo you see Boba Fett behind the scenes like cutting a wire <laughs> <laughs> and then you see why he got his oh wait no we already saw that in episode 2 no, yeah, is at, at the, end, the squid creature in the middle of the maelstrom yeah at the uh, end when um, Kira's talking to Maul and you see the other end of that call and it drops and the hologram of Kira would go away and then Maul takes off his mask and it's Boba Fett's mask underneath. And then we cut back to Kira and we see Marty McFly crawling up in the rafters above her to try and like stop a sandbag from falling on her. Yeah, no, the, yeah. the Boba Fett movie ha- won't be set post-Return of the Jedi, will it? What do you think? Will, uh, they'll will... probably go between three and four. Yeah, I yeah. That's what cool. I'm expecting. Yeah, but... between three and four. But uh, it's that prequel thing, right? You set, What happens next? I don't well, care I don't what give, did happen. I don't care about Boba Fett. I've never seen the appeal. Right. Yeah, no, I but, do so not care about Boba Fett. it's just a bad... Okay, now picture this. Generic badass... Uh, Generic bounty hunter movie set post Return of the Jedi. However, that could be the, anything. No, and that the could reason, be awesome, right? The, the the idea I just talked about before of it, someone just finds the armor. Mm. That's that's a justifiable yeah, reason yeah. to do a, a Boba Fett movie because that's about that's that's almost a meta commentary on the fan base around this, this character who you no know one. basically yeah. nothing about and he can actually be yeah. anyone. Yeah, I love the idea of like the theme of that being like so he does just like the stupidest shit like you know fucks everything up and people are still like oh my god Boba Fett's such a badass (laughs) and it's like a commentary (laughs) on the fan base that like Boba Fett's like does nothing and then dies like a little bitch and it's like no he's one of the coolest characters it's like yeah he was introduced in the Christmas special and, and it's it's like to the essentially important that any time he walks into a room, everyone goes, "Oh, sweet costume, dude! Far out, <laughs> yeah, yeah!" Like that's a great idea. And that like um, Kathleen Kennedy was like, "Oh, I'd love to get Taika to do a uh, a Star Wars movie." Please, and I was like, no. that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Like you <laughs> hate people putting their own personality to, to a film. The only <laughs> things I would want to see him do is either that Boba Fett movie or a Jar Jar Binks movie. Yeah, God. I'd love to see Jar Jar Binks return Tiger to Taika should cast Kenan. Julian Dennison as um, Boba Fett. Yeah, of course he would. Well, yeah, Julian Dennison puts on the... You listen to, the, review, the, the uh, you listen to interviews thing. of Taika talking about Thor, and it's kind of obvious he doesn't give a shit about the legacy of Thor, or even <laughs> any of the like Marvel Cinematic Universe legacy. <laughs> so uh, I don't think yeah. Star Wars fans actually would want him anywhere near Star Wars. Mm. Yeah, definitely Kathleen Kennedy wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> if you fire Lord and Miller for being yeah, two yeah, themselves, yeah, right. I take that Taika Waititi is way more <laughs> like explosive than, than Lord and Miller. Yeah, like oh, the only reason for that Marvel allowed him to is because Dark World was shit and they were like and and um Chris Hemsworth said, Yeah, I don't want to keep making Thor movies unless you change them completely. And, and I've read people online being like, I didn't like Ragnarok because it wasn't a Thor movie. Hmm. And that would be a fair you can, I can understand what those people are talking about. So, um, thank you very much for listening, uh, dear listener. 
Um, I hope you enjoyed this. If you want to hear more stuff like this kind of episode, let us know. Um, And you can also find us on our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, our SoundCloud, iTunes, Instagram, all at Cult Popshire. And you can also email us at cultpopshiremedia at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening. Smash that. And if you weren't listening, then how did you hear me say that? Mm, Maybe they're sleeping. It's because I've just clipped up this one bit of the podcast and sent it to everyone I know. Mm. There you go. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week.